We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Thursday. It's February 9th. It is 2022. Just kidding. It's 2023. Yes, I'm tired. It's later than we <laughs> normally record. And it's been a long day. Long day. Joined today, my buddy Keith Eiser, Eyes819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Had a really good night in NBA. Um, built heavy on that Minnesota-Utah game. Um, they came in way, way lower on than they should have been. But we got news of a trade brewing like an hour before lock um, from Shams, which that's pretty concrete info anytime he tweets that out. So I had a yeah. bunch of Noel who came in like under 10% owned, a bunch of Sexton. He was really low owned. Edwards as well. So a good night. Um, could have been a great night if DeMontis Sabonis did not find himself in foul trouble and fail against the Houston Rockets for the second game in a row. Um, but it is what it is. Very, very nice profit tonight, but could have been uh, a phenomenal night if Sabonis would have just done a little bit more. Jalen Green did his thing. Um, yes, that game went over like we talked about yesterday. Um, the Kings did not hold up their end of the bargain for me. They though. did not, but <laughs> it happens, man. Like it happens. I still, you know, at the end of the day, I still like that line. So we have. We got a four-game NBA slate we're going to talk about. We're also going to go over um, our thoughts on the Super Bowl. We'll do like a game-by-game breakdown like we normally do and then maybe just kind of give out, you know, some bets that we like. You know, I'll find some fun bets and we'll we'll do that. So it's a, it's a really interesting NBA slate because it's just so small. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it should, be, should be a decent um, slate overall. Right. Like, I mean, the first time, so I mean, looking at it, I didn't get as much time. I went out to um, the dirt track. Volusia um, has speed weeks for like the first two weeks, and there's a bunch of NASCAR guys out there running dirt. So I went out and did that. So I didn't get like as much time to prepare for the podcast, but like, first glance is like, even for a four game slate, it's really solid. There's a ton of studs to pay out for. I'm not quite sure yeah. how we're going to end up fitting them all in um, or any of them for that matter. But yeah, there are plenty of studs for just four games. That's that's definitely the case. All right. We get started with Denver at Orlando. No total in this game. Uh, just kind of looking through the injury report here. I think it would be Jamal Murray being questionable is the reason that we don't have a total for this game. Um, on the Orlando side, Gary Harris is questionable. Okiki and Mobamba are out. 
We'll go to Denver first. I mean, Murray being in or out definitely matters. Um, It's a four-game slate, so if Murray were to sit, Bruce Brown would be someone that would likely play a good amount of minutes against the bad Orlando defense. Um, If Murray plays, I I definitely like this spot for him. Huge discount from Jokic to Murray. We're comparing Jokic, LeBron, Anthony Davis um, type of plays today. Giannis. um, So... It's a really interesting slate for the studs. I mean, the studs are, you know, you get Giannis versus LeBron. So, I mean, that's going to be a fun game. And it's like a standalone, like two and a half hours after like the three games kind of get rolling. So, uh, I mean, interesting slate for sure. But talk to me here about the Nuggets. Yeah, the Murray stuff is definitely key on on how to handle this. Obviously, you can play Jokic in any matchup, but like I said, this this slate is going to be hard to find some value, um, at least at first glance here the night before. Um, The trade deadline is also today, which is a huge deal. Um, Bones Highland has not played in several games. He is likely on the move today. Um, They dusted off Ish Smith, who is 3,200. So if uh, Jamal Murray sits. Ish Smith is is going to be the primary value on the slate. I kind of feel like Murray has is playing here though. Um, he's he's sat out a couple of games. He's had almost a full week off, so a good chance he plays. I think, although they are playing at Orlando, maybe they just give him a, a few more days um, to get over that injury. We'll have to see, but um, if Murray's in, I, I like that Murray call. Uh, he like the savings down from Jokic. He can have a, a a great game here in a in an excellent matchup with Orlando. Um, Aaron Gordon's been playing really well for a good part of the season. Without Murray, he absolutely smashed against Minnesota. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had a good game as well. So typically, when I play Nuggets, it's it's usually only Jokic and Murray um, because we have the short slate though. Uh, I think you can take some shots on these cheaper Denver pieces, um, especially since it's going to be hard to get in more than one stud in your lineups today. Denver doesn't play until Saturday too. Um, So, I mean, they could easily give Murray an extra couple days in this one. Um, It's a knee too. So, I mean, from what I was reading, uh, they're going to be very careful with him. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So like if Murray sits, I like I said, I like Bruce Brown. Obviously, I like Jokic. Um, also, like if Murray sits, we, we saw like Michael Porter Jr. Um, handle the ball a little bit more. They used him up towards the top a little bit more. So I don't hate him for tournaments. But yeah, I mean, this is a great spot. Orlando, not a good defensive team by any means. Getting a little bit better, but still not a good defensive team. On the Orlando side of things, four-game slate. You know, Orlando's kind of a team that recently I've just kind of ri- written off. Like, I haven't played a lot of them. Everyone's kind of healthy right now. Uh, Mo Bamba being out is is kind of huge. Um, Okiki's getting close to returning. Like, he got sent down to the G League to get some minutes. Um, but with Mo Bamba being out, I mean, it just kind of solidifies a few roles here. I was kind of thinking that, like, Mo Wagner would play a little bit more the other night, and he didn't, like, play any extra minutes with Mo Bamba out. So... I just, I mean, unless Gary Harris sits, I don't see really playing anybody here for Orlando. Even on a four-game slate, the minutes are just so spread out. Yeah, it's really tough um, with the guard rotation. Like, they're just kind of mixing Harris, Suggs, Fultz, Anthony. Um, nobody's really playing enough minutes to matter. Um, I think you you have to look at some value here. Like, man, Suggs is, is not playing enough minutes here, but he's 3,500. And Mo Wagner, you mentioned he didn't get the run, but the $3,700 price tag might be useful to help fix yeah. other things on this slate. So I don't hate Mo, even though he's not playing. Like, you're probably not getting more than 20 minutes out of him. That's probably like a ceiling. Like, his projection will probably come in at like 18 minutes. Um, but he's a big permanent producer, 3700 I don't hate that. Um, I, I can't see myself going up to like Franz or, or Paolo, though, in the spot. Just too much, too much other stuff to pay for on the slate. Yeah. So like if Gary Harris sits, I think that's where we're going to take some shots here. And I think it's Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs that like potentially get a few extra minutes. Um, And I think a few extra minutes is enough. Like 
Jalen Suggs is 3,500. If he plays 25 minutes, 3,500, and he's so cheap. Like, I think I kind of agree with you on Mo Wagner, too. Like, if he can just play, if he could just play like 18 to 20 minutes in this game at 3,700, his point per minute production is always solid. So maybe we're taking a shot on him, but I, I would prefer Jalen Suggs if Gary Harris sits. Um, and I don't know if the Magic are going to move anybody or not, but I mean they're they have a very deep bench, so it wouldn't shock me if they move a move a guy or two for maybe some even even just like draft picks or something. Yep. Phoenix at Atlanta. There was no total. Oh, there's a total out now. Two twenty nine and a half. The Hawks a four and a half point favorite in this one. Atlanta is good to go. Phoenix, Devin Booker is out. Um, Crowder is out. Payne is out and Shamit's out. So going to the Phoenix side first, um, already kind of rolling out Devin Booker, which is nice to have that news. That, I mean, it's, just, it's the first end of a back-to-back. So we kind of expected him to sit one of these with him being out here recently for so long. So it looks like they're going to take the Atlanta game instead of the Pacers game with Booker. What are your thoughts here on Phoenix? Yeah, Booker being out certainly um, helps here. They've, they've been a struggling team. When Booker came back, we saw both Aiton and Paul actually play better than they had been playing, um, which is weird. So, like, Aiton absolutely smashed, um, had 56 DK points against Brooklyn. I You would think that he has even more ceiling without Booker. Um, so I, I don't mind Aiton at 7,900. Chris Paul played better with Booker on the floor as well. He had been struggling quite a bit recently. 7,300 without Booker. I think you can take some shots there too. Um, Bridges is going to shoot a little bit more. 6,500 kind of just priced appropriately for, for his role. Like Booker was out so long. A lot of these prices are, are adjusted. Um, but Cam Johnson at 4,900, I certainly don't hate that. Um, just with without Booker, there's going to be some shots to go around here. So guys like Bridges and Cam Johnson – that we don't like to play when, when Booker is in there, um, certainly come into play here. It's a solid matchup against Atlanta. Uh, so you have to have some interest and a four game slate too. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out who, who starts ahead. It's going to be Craig Johnson, Aiden Booker and Bridges, right? will be the five. Um, so probably don't go too deep on the bench guys. Like Sarich is cheap, but I don't think he sees quite enough minutes here. Um, Sabin Lee is 3,100 again, probably not going to see quite enough minutes. Um, so the, the value is tough on Phoenix, but I do like Cam Johnson at 4,900. Aiton has, has shown off his ceiling here recently. Yeah. I mean, I think with Booker being out Aiton at 7,900 is so much more doable, but I also think like Chris Paul and Bridges are, are both more doable with Booker out. Um, so I'm okay with looking at Phoenix here. I think this is, you know, a game, obviously, you want to target, especially on a four-game slate. And then on the Atlanta side of things, I mean, I think Trey Trey's price is getting down to the point where we, we might just need to play it blind um, and, and be done with it. Like, this is a guy that we we talked about playing in like the the 10k range the high 9 range like now he's on the low 9 like 91 for Trey Young is is cheap like this is yeah i just looking this is the cheapest he's been all season like the cheapest he's been all season so i think this is the time just to jump on it i know the matchup isn't like the best thing in the world but i would definitely prefer Trey Young over DeJounte Murray in this one when you get into like the big situation, I mean, we want Capella to play more minutes. We, we do. Uh, I don't think there's anything that you can trust with Capella right now. Bogdanovich, 5,400, like raw points matter on this slate. So like if he gets five or six X, he probably doesn't kill you. If he can have a little bit higher ceiling in this game, maybe. But I can't trust anything with like these guys. I would probably rank them like Bogdanovich, Capella, Collins. But I, there's no, like, strong take on any of this. Um, DeAndre Hunter shot the ball terrible the other night against New Orleans. was absolutely atrocious. Um, 
but he's still going to play minutes. I, I don't know. Like I, my, my initial lean is like Trey young, but are we going to get Trey and, you know, still be able to get one or two of these other studs on the slate? Yeah, it's a tough matchup against Phoenix. Really good defensive team. They're they're a slower paced team as well. Um, it's definitely Trey over Murray for me as well. They're just too close in price. I feel like Trey has a lot more ceiling. Um, yeah, the values they're just kind of priced appropriately. Uh, Hunter's been dealing with that injury. Not sure that we can trust him. Capella's not playing enough minutes. Um, I agree. I lean Bogdanovich kind of in the, the mid range. And just with the tough matchup, I I probably don't get to much other Atlanta pieces. Um, so Trey Young and maybe a little bit of Bogdanovich, but not, nothing really to be excited about here. Tough tough game. Yeah, feels that way, right? Like it just it feels that way for sure. Um, yeah, very competitive game. I think like at the end of the day, I think this game is going to be really competitive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chicago at Brooklyn, no total in this game. Um, I mean, just kind of waiting to see what happens here with Brooklyn. I mean, they have Curry out and Durant out on the injury report. Uh, Yuda is questionable, and then the Chicago side, DeRozan is questionable. Patrick Williams is probable. Um, so, I mean, on the Brooklyn side, like everything, everything I've read is Dinwiddie's going to play. Like he's going to, like he's going to make his debut. Um, and I think Finney Smith is expected to play. So, looking at Chicago first. I mean, one thing that I do want to note for Brooklyn in general is I think we see their defensive stats get even better. Finney Smith is a very good perimeter defender and just something to note. I mean, we've talked about like picking on Brooklyn a lot this year. I think Kyrie being gone and Dinwiddie and like Finney Smith coming in like is a huge bump defensively. So what are your thoughts here on the Bulls? Yeah, so just on the trade first, like you look at these pieces and how they fit for Brooklyn. They did really well in this this Kyrie trade, considering they had almost zero leverage. Um, but Dinwiddie and Finney Smith, like this this team is super deep now, especially with the emergence of Cam Thomas and the things that Nick Claxton has been doing. Like I, I like the way this Brooklyn team is coming coming together, just from a, a real basketball standpoint. Um, but DFS wise, I think this DeRozan news on the Chicago side is the most important piece of news on the slate. We saw Vucevic absolutely smash without DeRozan. You've talked about it several times on the podcast, how Vucevic just doesn't get the usage when he's playing alongside Levine and DeRozan. But you take one of those guys off and and Vucevic just has a massive ceiling. Um, So if DeRozan were to miss, you have to have interest in Vucevic. Um, Especially like Claxton is decent, but Vucevic can certainly has the side size advantage there. Um, he should be able to have his way inside. Um, if DeRozan plays, I have some interest there as well, and probably not as much interest in, in Vooch. Um, but if DeRozan is out, it, it's going to be a priority to get up to Vooch, I think. And then some of this Bulls value is going to come into play as well. Didn't necessarily work out in, in their last game. Tough matchup against Memphis. I agree with you. The Brooklyn defense is is definitely better, 
Um, but still, Memphis is one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. So, and and it's also a short slate without a ton of value. So guys like Io Desunmu, Kobe White would would definitely be in play. And if Alex Caruso were to end up sitting here, um, you could go even deeper than that. Andre Drummond has been getting a little bit more run here. And usually you don't think about um, like guards being out affecting big men, but the way the Bulls run their rotation, like they're just short, if they're short enough on bodies, like Drummond will be in the rotation, whereas he'll only play like eight to 12 minutes if Caruso plays more than likely. Um, but you could see him get up into that 20 minute range if Caruso were to sit just because they're short on bodies. Um, so out would also open things up a little bit for Derek Jones Jr. at 3,200, I think. So definitely paying attention to the injury report here. Um, I'm interested in in the value if guys like DeRozan and Caruso sit for sure. Um, and, and also interested in paying up for Vucevic in, in the event that DeRozan would sit. If DeRozan is in, I think he's probably the guy that I would play up for the most, um, but not someone I love. There's definitely other stars that I, and other places I would rather spend the money. Caruso is probable, by the way, for this one. So. Okay. Um, so here's the thing, right? Like, if DeRozan sits, do is this like a, a spot where it's like, hey, Finney Smith, go go shut down Zach Levine? I mean, and that's like the type of like thing that could happen here. So, I mean, if DeRozan sits, Vooch might be my favorite play in the slate. Um, yep, so love this spot for him. I mean, if we're expecting like Finney Smith to potentially guard Levine, not saying that will happen, but I mean, there's a good chance that like. They they try to hide Cam Thomas on like Patrick Williams, and you know they try to they they try to like put Finney Smith on um, Levine as much as possible if DeRozan sits. If DeRozan plays, I kind of like De- Levine because I think that the flip flop, right? I think Finney Smith plays on DeRozan, and then Levine gets Cam Thomas. So. I mean, I don't want to overanalyze it in my head, but I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking here at first thoughts anyway. Um, with Caruso out, AU has been playing a bunch. Like, how much does that really affect with Caruso being back? So they like playing Caruso. I think AU would be the guy over White for me because um, I think he has a really solid role. I like him a lot more if DeRozan sits at this price point. Definitely. On the Brooklyn side, like Cam Thomas started this week, <laughs> started this week at like thirty three hundred or over the weekend. <laughs> I don't. It was. It, it feels like it was just yesterday, but um, he is now seventy eight hundred, and he's gone <laughs> three, for 40, three 40 actual, pieces in a row. Yeah, forty in a row, man. <laughs> he's not getting twenty nine shots tonight. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say with Dinwiddie playing in this game as well, Dinwiddie is going to get his shots. I'm not as worried about like Finney Smith getting his shots because this is a guy they they definitely picked up more for the defensive side of things than the offensive side. Finney Smith's a good rebounder too, which kind of helps Brooklyn because they're not a great rebounding team. Like Finney Smith was low-key a fantastic pickup. And you, you know. He really was. So... You you nailed it. Like they didn't have a ton of leverage, and Brooklyn. I mean, they came out and said that they were not sending Kyrie to where he wanted to go. Um, so I feel like for what they got, right? Like for, I, I mean, I feel like they did a fantastic job. But, um, I mean, if Durant can stay healthy, I, I still think Brooklyn's one of the favorites in the East for sure. Yep. Uh, all right. So DFS side of this game, Dinwiddie's eighty one, Thomas is seventy eight. Claxton 76, Finney Smith is 58. The prices on Brooklyn are up. Like we have a ton of potential on this slate and the price tags, like I, I think Cam Thomas is too expensive with Dinwiddie playing. I think the guy I lean on the most in this spot is probably Finney Smith just because 5,800, I, I mean, he should, I mean, him and him and Dinwiddie should both play plenty of minutes in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Brooklyn? Yeah, figuring out this rotation is really difficult. And I know we like we were bouncing um lineup ideas and how like how they're gonna start the game and, and how the minutes work out and how they end up closing this game um around in the projections chat. So just a little peek behind the curtain. I think what we're going to project overnight is the starting lineup to be Dinwiddie, Harris, Royce O'Neill, Simmons, and Claxton. 
Um, there's certainly a chance that Cam Thomas could stay in the starting lineup with what he's shown. Um, and Finney's not starting would surprise me a little bit. Um, but Royce O'Neal is a similar player. Like they're just, they're so deep now. Um, Joe Harris, I, I don't know that he hangs on to a starting spot, but that's like, that's kind of what we were debating. Is it DFS or is it, is it Joe Harris? Um, I think having the defense on the second unit and the, the shooter kind of with um, the other defensive guy in, in Royce O'Neal makes sense. Um, if that is what we project as the starting lineup, we're still going to project Cam Thomas and DFS to play 28 to 30 minutes, roughly. So, like, it's going to be a pretty tight, like, seven, eight man rotation, I think, here for this Nets team. And they're all, like, really solid. Um, so, the starting lineup matters, but I think the closing lineup is is actually what's the more interesting thing here. Um, and in that scenario, I think we're projecting. Um, somebody like Cam Thomas to close over Ben Simmons, which we'll see if that's what they actually do. But it, there is a little bit of guesswork involved here. Pricing is tough. Like Cam Thomas getting a $5,000 bump in salary in the course of one week is just incredible. Um, but that's what happens when you score 40 points every time you play. At 30 minutes, I agree with you. He's not He's not getting 29 shots again. But I, I don't know. It's really tough. To, like he has to do something similar to what he's done the last three games. And I'm with Dinwiddie there. I'm not sure that the upside is still there at 7,800. It's a tough ask, especially if he's not in the starting lineup. If he starts again, I think it's a different conversation. I think you you can probably go back to Cam Thomas. I would say the guy I'm interested in for sure is Claxton. Not the greatest matchup with Vooch, but he's been doing a little bit of everything for this team been rebounding the heck out of the ball he's getting steals and blocks so Claxton at 7600 I think would be a place that I certainly look um I think a little bit of that depends on Vooch and and whether DeRozan plays like if I'm trying to jam in as much Vooch as possible maybe I don't get to Claxton as much um and then it's somebody like like DFS and O'Neal I think are priced okay not a ton of upside there but I think they're just at that price level they're in play Dinwiddie, I think I need to see what it looks like first before I pay 8100 for him. But this is a, a really tough situation to break down here with Brooklyn, for sure. Totally new pieces everywhere. For what it's worth, I personally do not think Cam Thomas starts in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, but I mean, I, that does not mean that he won't have 40% usage off the bench. Yeah, but I don't see the minutes being like as high either, though. Um like this is a guy like his minutes have just been bonkers the last couple games. So I think I'm in full fade mode on Cam Thomas. And like just prove me wrong. I mean that that is I'm perfectly okay with saying that. I mean, prove me wrong. So I just yeah. I would assume it's Simmons, O'Neal, Finney Smith, Dinwiddie, Claxon. That is, yeah. so that, taking that would Harris be, out. I think, so, Joe Harris and Cam Thomas moved to the bench. Just I could see that. Um, just like splitting up the defensive guys a little bit, I think makes sense as well. I see the argument for sides, but I, I like if I, I had to take a stab at it, I agree with what you just said there. Like Joe Harris moving to the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't see how Joe Harris doesn't move to the bench now. I mean. Ben's they have too much invested in Ben Simmons, I feel like, for him to be on the bench, but I feel like it should be Ben Simmons on the bench. I think I feel like we Cam I think Thomas we all agree start, there. but yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like Finney Finney Smith can play like the four and O'Neal can play the three and Claxton the five. So yeah, but yeah. But when you have Simmons DFS and Royce O'Neal on the floor, that's three really low usage guys. So I think that's why we're leaning towards Joe Harris at this moment. It'll be interesting to see. Lots of options for sure. Before we move on, like speaking of the projections team, you guys freaking crushed it on Wednesday night. Um, because that was, I'm sure, a ton of fun. But anyway, the, shout out uh, to you the guys. what if if you loaded up the what if for the the Utah Minnesota game, um, <laughs> like just kind of, if you anticipated at lock that that trade was going to go down and those guys were sitting, you did very very well tonight. All right, we finished it out with Milwaukee Adelaide taking on the Lakers. Did they 
I mean, so two thirty nine bucks, five and a half point favorite. There's a line out for this game now. Um, LeBron is his typical questionable. Joe Ingles is out, and Bobby Portis is out on the Milwaukee side. I mean, we'll go Milwaukee first, and then we'll just kind of talk about the Lakers in general. Um, I don't expect any of the trade pieces to play in this game, so I mean, there's that. But let's talk Bucks. I want Giannis to play well. Um, it, it just hasn't really happened here recently. He got in massive foul trouble the other night against Portland. Um, and just, I mean, what he, I think he ended up like 22 or 23 minutes or something like that and still put up like 50 fantasy points. Like, it could have been a lot worse. I, I guess that's what we should say. It could have been a lot worse. Um, so, I, obviously, I don't hate Giannis. Um, I think Brooke Lopez is someone that's sneaky good value-wise, price-wise at 5,600. You know, this is a guy that got up to like 65 uh, and then like kind of has just lingered back down a little bit and he has 40 plus point upside in any matchup. So I think he's super interesting in this spot. I think those are those are the two pieces I'm looking at the most. But I also don't if you don't want to pay up for Giannis, I don't hate Drew at 7700, just kind of saving some money and like building maybe more of like a balanced build with like one stud. You know, maybe going like and go like Drew, Trey Young type of plays, um, like Vooch, maybe go like three like really strong upper mid tier instead of like going like a Jokic and someone else. But I mean I mean roster construction on a four game slate is always important. What are your thoughts here on the Bucks? Yeah, getting up to this like 12k range with Vooch and or not Vooch, um, Jokic and Giannis is I think it's going to be pretty tough on the slate. Um, if we get DeRozan out, that certainly would help. Um, man, I played a ton of Giannis against Portland, thought he was going to absolutely Me smash too. <laughs> like, just did not didn't work out. Um, the Bucks crush it. Giannis was like you said, a little bit of follow trouble. He had six turnovers in that game too, which is not customary for him. Um, still had the rebounds, but just the foul trouble kind of limited the minutes. The blowout limited the minutes. He just he just didn't get it quite enough. But man, he was absolutely smashed for that. I still think there's plenty of upside here. I'm just I don't know how much I can get up to this 12k range. Um, but Middleton hasn't been unleashed yet. I don't think we really see that happen before the All Star break ish, at least. Um, there's just there's no reason for them to push him. We're gonna see him in that 22 to 20 like 20 to 22 minute range, I think. Um, so yeah, like if I can't get to Giannis, I'm fine. Fine going down to Drew. That's very similar to the, the Jokic Murray situation. Um, you just kind of have to hope that like Giannis could still go for like 55, 60 fantasy points and not kill you at that salary. If there's no value plays um, that make that worthwhile. So dropping down to somebody like Drew and hoping he can go six X, I think makes a lot of sense. And I, I love the Brooke Lopez call. Uh, Dude's had a really good season and the, like he's shown more ceiling this year than he has in the past too. Obviously he dealt with back injuries in the past. Um, seems to be in much better form this year, uh, much healthier than he has been in a long time. So 5,600 for Brooke Lopez. I like that. Um, probably not messing with, with any of the value here. I think the Lakers can keep this close enough uh, unless one of the stars end up sitting on the other side. All right. Lakers side. Westbrook gone. Um, Utah <laughs> did not did not expect that. I feel like the Lakers did really well. Um, they I did mean, really they gave well up a also, lot of yeah. their future, but listen, they they have no problem spending money in free agency. So picks are picks. When you, and especially like when you're a team like the Lakers, who I mean, you're probably not getting a top ten pick out of those picks anyway. So. Um, Utah for Russ, man. I well, they're gonna see that one coming. They're gonna buy him out, though. Like Utah just bought the picks, basically. You think, though? Yeah, that I saw a report that that said they're gonna buy out Russ. I think the Clippers are interested and potentially the Bulls. Oh, gosh, don't go to Chicago. I do not like that (laughs) for Chicago. Yeah. Tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow, I'm glad it's only a four-game slate because I feel like tomorrow is going to be a lot of moves. I feel like there's yes. a lot of fringe teams and there's a lot of teams kind of out of it that 
wouldn't mind some draft picks tomorrow. Someone on YouTube just said the same thing. Trade deadline tomorrow is going to be crazy. Josh, shout out YouTube. What's up? I didn't say it. Like, what's happening? Like, Dave, Big Hurt, Richie, Josh, having some fun over there in the YouTube chat. Thanks for hanging out. Um, all right, so Westbrook gone. Um, and then, like, it was Anderson, Tuscano Anderson, who really doesn't yeah. play a ton of minutes anyway. And then Damian Jones, who really doesn't play a ton of minutes either. So as far as like this game in particular, it's really just like rust minutes. And I feel like it really just kind of goes to maybe a guy like Austin Reeves or like Schroeder potentially just playing more or like Hachimura playing more and then playing like a bigger type of lineup here against Milwaukee because Lopez and Giannis like Maybe Hachimura gets like 35 minutes in this game. What are your thoughts here on the Lakers? Yeah, I think like who's going to play backup point? Like LeBron's going to have to run some point here, right? Obviously, Schroeder's going to start there alongside. Wouldn't it be Beverly? Yeah, yeah, good point. He could certainly do that. Um, yeah. So maybe Beverly runs into a few extra minutes here. If he goes from like playing 24 minutes to playing 30 minutes, he might be interesting. He doesn't do un but maybe if he's playing without one of LeBron or AD on the floor with the second unit a little bit, maybe there's some room for a bump in usage there. 3,700. I don't hate that, that idea. Um, like just again, similar to the Jokic, um, Giannis conversations, getting up to LeBron and AD is going to be pretty tough here. I think I prefer LeBron just they're close enough in price that LeBron's in, in better form. AD just, he seemed really uninterested in that game that LeBron broke the record. Um, he did, man. You see him on the bench just, like, sitting there. Yeah, like, he didn't even stand up and cheer. Like, he wasn't clapping, yeah. anything. It, it was But then, like, the stuff. thing came out where, like, there was a massive, like, thing in the locker room at halftime with, like, Westbrook. Like, was he, like, involved in that? I, I just, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Very curious to see how, how AD kind of adapts to this new team. I think they, they get it figured out. Um like Westbrook was never a fit for this team ever since they acquired him. So getting him out of there, I think it's definitely a strong move for the Lakers here at the trade deadline. We're kind of guessing on the rotation here though, similar to what we're saying with Brooklyn. Um, I, I like the Reeves call. I think he does get plenty of run, run here. He only played seven minutes in the last game, but he he had a pretty solid role coming back from an injury. He missed almost a month, over a month actually. Um, so I think he's a guy that could get really involved. Um, 3,700, I don't know if he, it's this game that he gets super involved, but I don't think you can rule out like 20, 22 minutes in that. At 3,700, um, I think that's that's good enough to take shots on on a short slate. Hachimura at, at 4,800, he's probably going to keep starting alongside LeBron and AD, and I just I don't know if there's enough usage there for him um, in that, that lineup. So I, I'm probably more interested in like a second unit guard like Reeves or Beverly um, than I am in somebody like Hachimura. Um, I think Schroeder is interesting as as well at 5K. Probably a little bit of room up on the minutes from low 30s to like mid 30s consistently. So don't don't hate Schroeder. Um, yeah, interesting, tough matchup against Milwaukee, but short slate. I think you gotta gotta take some shots here. I feel like we kind of buried the lead a little bit. LeBron should handle the ball a ton in this game. Um, He, I mean, he has massive upside. Anthony Davis maybe focused more on potentially guarding Giannis, but we say that he went like he went for seventy fantasy points against this team earlier this year. And uh, Richie in chat says like AD just picked up his fourth foul like thirty seconds before LeBron got that, so maybe he was just mad that he wasn't on the court with his buddy LeBron. yeah. Anthony Davis Agreed. and LeBron have a really good like relationship. So um I wouldn't be shocked if it was something like that. But I'm sure Anthony Davis was very, very happy for LeBron. Um, I kind of like Hatchamora in tournaments. Again, I think that this is a spot that they could potentially play a little bit bigger and he gets like a 30 type minute role in this game. We're just searching for minutes today. When we're looking at value on this slate, we're just searching for minutes. So all right, that's it for NBA. We're going to skip the morning grind game today so we can talk some Super Bowl before we get out of here. Um, we'll be back morning grind game tomorrow for NBA for sure. Let's get into it. We got 
Man, this I am I'm really pumped about the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are, but I'm really pumped about this game. Kansas City at Philadelphia <laughs> in Arizona. Um, 50 and a half total in this game. Philadelphia is still one point one and a half point favorite. Um, I mean, as far as like injuries go, like Hardman out. We know that Tony. Everything I've read says expected to play but questionable juju practiced 100 percent, and um edward Solaire was activated off the ir and philly's good to go i mean they're very healthy as far as the offense goes so we'll get into some props and, and just get, like thoughts overall but let's do morning grind style first we'll go kansas city they're technically the visiting team I want to talk about this running back situation. I want to talk about because okay, we, we like shift gears, right? Like all year we break it down just in general, but like now we have to shift gears to like a showdown slate. Edward Solaire is 1K on DraftKings. 1K on DraftKings. Like, do we think he plays at all? And if we do think he plays, do we think he touches the ball enough? <laughs> for a 1k price tag <laughs> like this is a guy this is the starting running back at the beginning of the season like pacheco has played really well recently but if he starts getting shut down is this a spot we see like Hilaire, like edward Hilaire get involved and like be the guy like just his price tag is ridiculous the price tag is ridiculous i just i i'm very concerned about the role um, I think we have seen Jarek McKinnon phased out of the running game, at least. He probably still has somewhat of a passing role, although Pacheco picked up a ton of work in the passing game in the AFC Championship game. Um, so McKinnon's role has clearly diminished. When it, like, down the stretch of the regular season, it looked like this was going to be McKinnon's backfield. And then something clicked for Pacheco, and he's been just taking over in the playoffs here. Um, so I feel like they trust Pacheco enough that they're not going to just throw Edwards Hilaire into a starting running back role. I think you could see four or five carries from Edwards Hilaire. And if one or two of those comes at the goal line, there's absolutely a scenario where you could pay off the 1K price tag. Um, but I, I think it's pretty clear with Pacheco as the lead running back in, in the backfield um, with McKinnon kind of taking a backseat completely on rushing attempts. Maybe he sees a, a couple of um, targets, um, but Edwards Hilaire, I think, picks up like those four or five targets that are not targets, uh, rushing attempts that McKinnon was seeing. That That's my take on it. Definitely like wild room for interpretation here for sure. But I think Pacheco has shown enough to to where he's the guy. Oh, I'm a, I'm 100% with you as far as I think Pacheco is the, the lead guy. He's the number one guy. Um, I just... With Tony banged up, with the the wide receiver cores, I mean, banged up in general here um, for Kansas City. So, like, this could be a spot that he just gets a few targets out of the backfield. And, like, at the end of the day, like, it takes one. One catch for, like, 30 yards, and like, he's paid off the price tag. I mean, you're not going to win a tournament with with him getting, like, five or six points. But, I mean, his, his value that he offers – this like re salary relief is insane. So um, listen, Kelsey's the best play on the slate outside of Hertz and Mahomes. And we'll talk about those guys in just a second, but Kelsey is just, I mean, like this guy has like 40 plus point upside and he's cheaper than Mahomes and Hertz. Um, I mean, obviously those guys have massive ceilings in general, but I mean, this is a guy that just, he can, he can break a slate. Like, Travis Kelsey Super Bowl MVP would not shock me. Um, and I don't even think it's a hot take, but give me your general thoughts here on the passing game for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey is very clearly the number one option in this offense. Um, it's been that way pretty much all season long. Um, I agree. I think you, you roster him in the captain just like you would any other wide receiver one. He has that type of upside. Like what this guy has done in the playoffs in his career is just like he averages somewhere near 100 yards and and he's scored in almost every single um, every single playoff game that he's played played in in his career. So I think there's a, a very high likelihood 
He finds the end zone here. He's live for the 100-yard bonus. He's live for something like 15 targets. Like, absolutely, Travis Kelly is the number one option in this in this offense. Um, you got to pay for him, but that's why we – like, there's some value stuff. We talked about CEH already. I think both of the backup tight ends are in play um, as far as value pieces go. And then these wide receivers, like, one of them is probably going to have a pretty decent game here. Um, the injuries are tough and like what was already a complicated receivers room is now more complicated because of, of the injuries. Tony is my favorite. I like, I saw his role increasing down the back half of the season. I would have had a very good, um, championship slate if Tony wouldn't have gotten hurt. I already had a a decent one, but Tony was on a ton of teams that I had up near the tops of, of tournaments. I'm, I'm probably going to go right back to that and just hope that he can stay healthy. Um, like he's, he's the cheapest between MVS. I think if I had to put like upside on somebody, I think MVS has the highest upside of the three, but he's also the most expensive. We don't have numbers. That's obviously going to factor into some of my decisions as well. Um, but Tony's price at 4,400, even if he's limited, they still like, they'll have that goal line package for him where they do the jet sweep or, or throw him a screen pass. Like he is their playmaker. Um, like, especially with hardening out again, Tony, Tony is just the guy that's going to be in that role. And there's a ton of like designed and scripted plays for him. So Tony would be my favorite receiver at, at 4,400. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Tony, his speed is just a, it's a difference maker. Like he has the the upside, um, He's just really cheap too. I'm with you though. I would definitely have like MVS as like the number one guy, not named Travis Kelsey in this passing game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Then I would probably go Tony, Juju, Sky Moore. Like if I had to rank all four of these guys. Um I don't know, Juju, like, this is a type of game that I could see Juju, like, having a really strong game, but, like, it just really hasn't happened since, like, week, what, 15, week 14? Um, so, I don't know. I, I think the chemistry is there. I think that he is trusted by Mahomes. It's just he can't stay healthy um, for a whole football game. So, I think you you play through the pain a little bit in the Super Bowl, I feel, though. So, he almost had a thousand yard receiving like season. So like Juju has some upside. Um not do as well as I thought he was gonna do beginning of the year, looking back on it. But all right, go to we're go, we'll go to Philly and then we have some questions over there in the YouTube chat. We'll answer those and then um we'll do some bet props and bets and stuff, and then we'll get out of here. But Philadelphia side uh, last week I was so frustrated because Miles Sanders scored two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> gosh, so frustrated. Had so much potential, and Miles Sanders just kind of did me in. But I just I can't trust that. I can tell you that for sure. I think that like Gainwell is obviously a little interesting, but I really think like Watkins is super interesting in this game. Devontae over AJ Brown is super interesting in this game. But I mean, not to bury the lead, but Jalen Hurts probably the highest ceiling of any player on this slate yeah definitely i mean the like his touch rushing touchdown equity is just absolutely insane set the nfl record for for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback this season i don't 14 or something like that was the number maybe 16 it was a bunch um certainly live uh for touchdowns on the ground as well as live for throwing for like three of them um so yeah, I mean Hertz Hertz has an enormous ceiling. Running back's room is is tough. Um like Sanders is priced up and he has not like, like this has been a three-headed backfield. It's not just a timeshare where it's like a, a 65 like they're all three of them are seeing work. There's some narrative that part of that is 
blowout related. Like Philadelphia has just cruised through the playoffs. They won by like 30 points in the playoffs. So maybe that's a reason that Boston Scott's seen a little bit of run. Um, I think Gainwell definitely still has a role. Um, and I think they mix in Boston Scott too. Like, I don't think they're going away from the committee here. So paying 7,800 for Miles Sanders is really tough. If he scores two touchdowns again, then then so be it. I'm I'm probably not going to make much money on the the Super Bowl DFS late. I'm I would much rather go down to Gainwell. I think he's more explosive. He has better big play ability, and he's the the back that's more involved in the passing game. Which especially on DraftKings where it's a full point per reception, that's that's extremely useful. Um, Boston Scott's price is okay. I think it's certainly in play if he gets a, a couple of carries inside the five, like we've seen in the past, like he's got three rushing touchdowns in each of their last three games. So he's certainly live for a touchdown here. Um, if he fall, falls in the end zone at three K, he can be useful. So I'll I, like definitely underweight, if not full fading Sanders, probably overweight on Gainwell, and have to see where, where Scott's ownership come in, comes in, but he's in play. Um, Wide receivers, I agree with you. I like the the Devonta over AJ Brown call. Um, he has had a very similar target share to AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown probably has slightly more ceiling, um, but like Devonte has had every bit the role. I think he'll be the lower owned of the two, and he's a little bit cheaper. So I probably end up overweight on Devonte Smith, and even with the field on AJ Brown, they're both fantastic plays. They both could break the slate. Um, tons of upside from from either of them. I don't know that to Watkins and Pascal much like, yes, Watkins could catch a 40 yard touchdown. I just like, he's probably going to see two or three targets and they're going to be deep down the field. He needs to convert it. Like maybe you take a shot on that in 10, 15% of your lineups. So we'll have to see where, where the ownership comes in. Um, but he just, he hasn't had the same type of role ever since Goddard came back. Um, he's been primarily used as just a deep threat rather than more of like a slot receiver type. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't catch a long, long, long touchdown and be useful at 1400 Pascal. I just not enough opportunity, not enough of a role for him. Probably don't get there. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much. And then Goddard's an, an awesome play, obviously. Yeah. I like the, I like Goddard a lot. Um, you know, potentially going like, if you're going like Kelsey Mahomes and like Goddard Devante type of build, um, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to take a shot on one of these cheap guys for that to work, but could be an interesting way not to play Hurts um, and just try to get his production and hope he doesn't, like, run a touchdown in and he just kind of throws three, three-ish three touchdowns to those guys. So uh, I think that's super interesting. But, yeah, I mean, for me on the Philadelphia side, like, it just this game in general, like, you're going to need to get weird somewhere. Um, I mean, there's a lot of depth on both sides potentially at the running back position. So I think that's where it's going to lie. Maybe playing some kickers uh, because of their price tags that is somewhat interesting. Like Buckner is someone that, you know, this season he has double digit games. I think I was looking at it earlier. I think it's like six or seven times. Um, so like, you know, getting some Buckner and like we saw, was it two or three weeks ago against the Giants? Um, Jake Elliott had like 20 fantasy points. Um, so taking some shots, some kickers, maybe. Um, all right. We'll answer a couple questions that we have on YouTube. But can you fade both quarterbacks in a few lineups, or is that getting too cute? Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on that? I have a hard time believing that both of them will not be optimal. Um, I think, I think one is the optimal way to play. Like you need the, the highest scoring quarterback. I, I feel like is going to be optimal and it's going to be difficult for both of them to be optimal. So I feel like playing one quarterback is the way that I would lean most. I'm trying to think of scenarios like just because of hurts, hurts rushing ability. I have a really hard time seeing him like just, completely fail in this game Mahomes I guess like if he doesn't doesn't hit the 300 yard bonus and only throws for one touchdown but Kansas City just throws so much like I don't know like one of them will be optimal at least I think I I wouldn't fade both of them I'm definitely not on FanDuel 
Um, I mean, definitely not on FanDuel. I don't think you can fade both of them on... Like, unless you're just trying to be like super different, but I still don't see the reason behind fading like both of them here. Um, I think you're playing at least one of them, and it really just comes down to you know what you're thinking build wise. Um, I definitely want some lineups with both of them too, for what it's worth. Yeah, you know, I think that you could take a shot on one of the cheap guys potentially with them, but I mean. I was just messing around with it because I saw this question and I was like, if you go if you go Kelsey in the captain, AJ Brown, Devontae, MVS, it gives you five thousand dollars per the last two spots. And I mean, there's just not that guy that like makes makes this make sense. <laughs> I mean so I mean, I don't know. Pacheco over MVS, maybe. I just, yeah, I, I don't see you, how it works. You, ha- you have to include some running backs there, and you just hope that rush that hurts not rush in any touchdowns. So maybe you could get by with two Philly running backs on that. Um, I don't think that Sanders and Gainwell can both be optimal together because of their pricing, but I could see Boston Scott scoring a rushing touchdown and being optimal with with either of them. Like if Gainwell scored a touchdown and Scott scored a touchdown, they could both be optimal. If Sanders scored two and Scott scored one, maybe like maybe two Philly running backs to, to round out that build. Um, the Kansas city just doesn't run enough in my opinion. Um, like I think Pacheco gets there and pays off his price because he's now involved in the passing game. Like I just, I don't see a scenario where Pacheco like runs for 150 yards in this game. Yeah. The other question that we had, would we consider playing like a cheapy like Hilaire Watkins at captain and stack all the studs? That is generally not how I like to play showdown. I th- I think you need one of the top scorers unless you get like super- like 10 captain is not likely to be optimal. Um, it- it'll generally be one of those studs that you're trying to fit in puts up enough like point per dollar to where that they end up being the optimal captain. So not, not a, not a strategy that I generally employ. I'm with you. I feel like overall the cheapest captain I would likely play in this game is probably MVS at first glance. Uh, I haven't built any lineups yet. I I usually will do that like Friday. I could maybe be talked into gain. Well, um, but it's like the split backfield is tough. You would almost need a Sanders benching or an injury or something like that. But yeah, I, I agree. MVS certainly has the upside at 6,200, but maybe gain well, but probably definitely not anything below that. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I could do potentially a captain, but it, like if I want to play like a two quarterback lineup, Maybe I take one of the kickers and just make my two quarterback lineup super different, like play a kicker in the captain spot. Um, but I mean, for the double quarterback to work, that probably doesn't work either. I don't know. Um, would it, would we play any defenses? That's the last question we have here. Do you have any interest in playing the defenses? I do. I think defenses are viable. Um, a lot of people don't like to play defenses in shootouts, but like we have two, like Kansas City in particular being so pass heavy um, with Philadelphia's pass rush. I think they could rack up quite a bit of quite a few sacks. Um, like you can get a random pick six on, on anybody. I know Mahomes doesn't throw a ton. Um, I could certainly see Hertz throwing a pick six like a pick like you get a defensive touchdown and it doesn't matter if the other if the team that that gets the pick six if they give up 50 points that's still usable um for a cheap defense and and they're both under 4k uh and i don't think they're going to be all that popular so um with them being price kickers i think that they're in play like i i expect this to be a high scoring game um we're i'm sure we'll talk about over unders here and in, in just but total um defenses are, are still in play despite the shootout like just give me some turnovers and some sacks and they can still get there for sure all right that handles the youtube questions if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the youtube page turn on notifications that way 
when we go live, you can join us. I try to answer questions for NBA as we're going as well. Really looking forward to MLB, doing live shows with MLB and answering um, questions. It will be a ton of fun. All right. Before we get into any of the fun props or anything like that, we're, we're getting close on time here as well. Um, is there any like prop that you have that you're like, oh, I got I got to get this and I've already, maybe even potentially already got. Um, so there was one that I, I wrote up for Luch. I'm not that article. I'm not sure if it's been published or not yet. Um, but I like Patrick Mahomes over passing attempts. And I also like his over completions as well. Um, I just, I feel like the chiefs lean really pass heavy in this game. Uh, I'm trying to pull up what his, the completions I got was at 25 and a half. And I believe the passing attempts was 38 and a half. 36 and a half, one of those two. Um, but yeah, I, like, I just feel like the, the chiefs are going to lean on Mahomes. I, I know Pacheco has been solid and the, the Eagles are a really tough pass defense, but I feel like they will utilize the screen game, the underneath stuff to Kelsey as just an extension of the running game. Um, I feel like, like Patrick Mahomes is, is going to be throwing quite a few passes in this one. I like that one. One that like jumped out to me was Pacheco's rushing prop. It's at 46 and a half on FanDuel. Um, you can get it on Sleeper and Prize Picks. I think it's like 48 and a half. We have him projected for 58 rushing yards. It's insane value. Um, so I like Pacheco's rushing prop. I don't think like Hilaire is going to be a guy that like cuts into the rushing game. I think he's more of someone that could potentially cut into the passing game of McKinnon more than anything else so i jumped on this one early and it only moved like a yard or two on like the fantasy prop sites since um it came out because it was at 46 and a half so um that's the one that i really like i also really like you travis just... kelsey over seven receptions um that is one that i i really like like he's at the end of the day he's going to be someone that's heavily <laughs> targeted in this game absolutely love love kelsey all kelsey's props um you reminded me one i bet like a week ago um kenneth gainwell over 18 and a half rushing yards i believe that's moved a little bit but it's still too low like um if it's i think it's 19 and a half now um gainwell's gonna have a role like the philly has never been a team that relies on just one back like they've been a committee team yeah it's you can still get 19 and a half at fanduel Minus 110. Um, I, I still really like Kenneth Gainwell over rushing yards. All right. Um, who do you got? Who do you got winning the Super Bowl? I mean, it's Philly minus one and a half. You can you can do the against the spread or however you want to do it. Like, what who do you got winning the Super Bowl? Man, I've been been back and forth on this. I'm still not even sure I'm confident enough to to put a bet on it, but my initial lean was Kansas City. Um Getting the plus money on, like, just take them on the money line, near even money, but slight plus money. Like, Philly just – Philly feel like the more rounded team, but I, they have not been tested all year long. One, I think they had the easiest schedule in the NFL uh, in the regular season, and then they've had a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, um, playing the Giants without any wide receivers uh, and the, the 49ers without a quarterback, essentially. So the Eagles have not been truly tested. Um, I feel like the Chiefs are going through some adversity with the injuries to the wide receivers. Um, so it, it makes sense. The line makes sense to me. I can see why Philly is favored. Uh, but I think I think my money right now would be on the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, that was my initial lean too. Um, Chiefs money line. Like I'm not – I don't need a point and a half. If I, if I lose right. that, it is what it is. But yeah. I, I like the money line for the Chiefs. Get the extra couple bucks. Um, I mean, that, again, that was my initial lean was Chiefs. And, gosh, like if you're if you're betting Philly to win the Super Bowl, just go ahead and bet Jalen Hurts to win the MVP. I mean, if, if Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl, I mean, I would be shocked. Unless it's like some massive like defensive performance or something, I'd be shocked if Jalen Hurts does not win um, Super Bowl MVP. So, like, I mean, I don't even hate parlaying that. I guess you could parlay it, right? Um, I've even looked into that, but yeah, I mean, I my my initial lean is is Kansas City. Um, I like Devonte Smith's receiving yard prop 
on Prize Picks. It's I think sixty and a half still. Most books is most books have it at like sixty one to sixty five from what I've seen. So I like Devonte Smith um, receiving props, and I also like oh where was it? I just here I got to go to my entries. Um, I also like Jalen Hurts over ten and a half rushing attempts in this game. I think he's going to use his legs a lot in this game. So, I, you know, that was one, that was one that I jumped on uh, earlier this week, too. So, that's it. Keith, heads or tails? What do you got? Uh, I'm always a heads guy. Well, heads never fails. Tails never fails. <laughs> I think um, that's the saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and last but not least. We didn't talk about is- total. O- over 50 and a half, for sure. Oh, yeah. Right? You're on yes. The- yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, the my initial like my 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 Super Bowl bets initially were Kansas City and the over. So yep. I might That's I might like too. I might like do some more when I get into Tennessee for this weekend. But I, I, I text a guy. I text a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what color Gatorade? What do you got? So I saw something. Philly has been um, yellow. In both of their Super Bowls, I think is what I saw. I saw something though, like if you if you're on Philly to win the game, you should be on the yellow green selection for Gatorade. Um, I haven't seen anything on Kansas City, um, so like since I have Kansas City to win, I'll go away from yellow green and go red. I think the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl was orange. Okay, that's like your typical like Gatorade color too, orange. Yeah. Um, I always like, for what it's worth, I always like um, no Gatorade poured for sixteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it! <laughs> it's happened five times. Why is it plus sixteen hundred? Um, <laughs> like since two thousand one, five no pours, orange five times, blue four, clear four, yellow three, and purple one. Like, why are we not? throwing like 20 bucks it doesn't even have to be a lot of money like 20 bucks on no gatorade port at like 1600 pays for like dinner the night like super bowl dinner there you go anyway we're gonna get out of here we'll be back tomorrow with some more hoops talk hope everyone has a fantastic thursday we'll see you again tomorrow